0: I'm your friend, Joseph Craven. I'm joined by Alex Level, and we're wondering why we're here on the podcast, because our team hasn't been seen for weeks now, it seems like. (laughs) I'm (laughs) kidding. I'm kidding. kidding. But ever since the title was locked up, Liverpool has been a bit of an enigma of a squad. And we're here (laughs) on this episode of You'll Never Talk Alone to discuss that just a little bit. Because, first and foremost, before we get anywhere else... We had one ultimate goal this season: win the Premier League for the first time in 30 years. We accomplished that. In fact, we accomplished that in March.
1: I mean, like, yeah, yeah. It,
0: it was it was like an inevitability. Uh, by the time the league actually started back up, it was more of a formality. Um, it just is the storyline right now, um, especially looking back over the last couple of matches. In particular, is. That Liverpool had opportunities to really aim for some more, and I do say more, historical moments, um, but uh, have, have missed out on at this point in time. So let's jump into that discussion just a little bit. Alex, first of all, how are you feeling right now in light of everything going on with the club?
1: Uh, I I mean, it's kind of annoying more than anything just to have to watch that, especially today when American viewers had to watch on streaming devices only. And as you found out that if you went through Peacock, you can't use a secondary monitor. You have to be on the main display, which is a really weird and specific regulation. And it just seems like an extra screw you to soccer fans.
0: Absolutely. Not only if I can jump on that, because yeah. this is this is a soapbox I just am so mad about, and have been mad about for a while now. So, uh, you know, when uh, when the Premier League first went streaming uh, to NBC for like the rights went to NBC for broadcast in the US, when that first happened, you could find all the matches online, like included with your TV subscription. Um, if you got NBC sports, like you got all of the matches and then they went and did this whole sports gold thing, um, mm. an obvious money grab to jump off of what the popularity of the, uh, the matches. Um, and so that was like, okay, whatever. So you got gold. Um, it was like a whole 50 bucks. So it's kind of annoying, but whatever maybe you and i would never condone this behavior wink but maybe you split that cost with some friends and share a login whatever there's ways around it but and then they did one good thing in integrating nbc sports gold with nbc sports like the website so you didn't have to go to a completely separate app and website to use gold which was the dumbest thing now they got peacock and yeah as you pointed out i'm sitting at work i've got a work laptop at my desk with a monitor because I'm a productive man and I got <laughs> monitors all over the place and I could not plug an HDMI cable into my laptop to connect it to the secondary monitor because even plugging it in Peacock says, oh, sorry, you got to unplug your, uh, your external monitor. You can't do that. Unbelievable. And it's um, only going to get more frustrating from here.
1: And don't forget that before they started putting things on the cock, they had they changed the gold subscription model to where mm-hmm. now fifty dollars only gets you, like live, yeah. the, the live, yeah, you can't watch them replays. You don't get the extra bonus content that they initially put out with gold. To do that, what is it like eighty bucks a year, or a hundred bucks so. a year? I,
0: I never even gave it much of a look because I was so disgusted by it.
1: Yeah. So. Today was a bad day for our team. Today was a bad day for soccer fans across the U.S.
0: And hey, I mean, if I can also throw this out there, don't forget that with Peacock streaming service now, one of the features they are really promoting is the fact that if you like subscribe to uh, Peacock's like $5 a month or whatever, you get access to all the, the matches they have and replays. So now they took a feature away just to bring it back and act like it's a brand new feature. Wonderful. Thanks, NBC. Yeah. You're doing great. And they...
1: And, they and you the community! Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> they treat it today like they were doing us a favor. Like, oh, it's so cool that we're showing this online only. Like, yeah. no, that's terrible for us. Yeah. The, the, for the people that pay for television so that, that they can see the matches live, not three minutes behind the actual events of the game. Yeah. And I, I know the... We might be speaking about this, and some rights and television packages are a lot more difficult, to say the least, in the United Kingdom. But it's, it sucks here. It's starting to get to the point where it's looking like the, all of the networks are just getting ready to tell all soccer fans, hey, you love your sport, show how much you love your sport with all the money that you give us, and prepare to never see it on actual TV again.
0: Yeah, and then it even started to with like the streaming, like cutting the cable revolution. It had started to look like we were gonna be able to really get all of our, um, you know, entertainment in like one place. Yeah. But then, like the, it just like the, I, I think part of this falls on uh, like cable subscribers to begin with, there were not enough people that readily jumped straight into, like, the cable cutting streaming thing, so by the time it became kind of profitable, the cable companies had figured out, oh, well, if we start offering a lot of online streaming services as well, um, you know, if if you have Comcast, well, guess what? You can actually log into Comcast and and stream it on a browser somewhere. You know, they started to do the same thing, so then suddenly instead of us being able to start to slowly get everything kind of in like one place where it's like, you know, packaged up nicely. Now we got to subscribe to 50 different things just to get the stuff that we were right on the verge of getting in one, uh, one big subscription. So, oh well, oh, well, it's, it's a mess. Um, but, uh, I guess until we finally, uh, break fully away from the, the nasty grips of Comcast and cable TV, uh, this is the type of stuff that we're gonna we're gonna see a lot more of, you know. We just are. So, uh, cheers to the the pirates out there in the world, I guess. Not
1: yeah, that, and a, a testament it. to, <laughs> and a testament to how little we want to talk about the the matches of, against Burnley and Arsenal. That it's about eight minutes in, and we haven't really discussed them at all.
0: It's an important thing, you know. As, as two guys that uh, enjoy this sport and enjoy the entertainment enough to like make a, a podcast for fun about the sport and the entertainment factors that go into it. Uh, it's an important thing to, to talk about because it directly affects us, you know, but yes, yeah. All right. So I guess we should talk about the team. <laughs> uh, we've got since the last time we recorded, we've got, uh, you know, Brighton Burnley and Arsenal BBA um, and uh, not a huge amount to talk about not a huge amount to necessarily bemoan in light of the fact that we are premier league champions, which is still so sweet to talk about. But I mean, what are your, what, what's your feeling right now? Like as a, as a, I mean, just purely like, I guess, as a fan looking at the past uh, week and a half or so, what's your, uh, what are you feeling about the squad?
1: I'm not, I'm certainly not as mad as clock was today watching (laughs) us play. Uh, he was furious, and he's probably going to be slapping some people. But it, it, I and I, I think I've mentioned it before that uh, we won't understand what kind of relief it is to be a part of the squad that lifts the 30-year weight off of the shoulders of the club and to be those heroes that fans have been waiting for for so long, to be the ones to finally seal the Premier League and to have done it in the way that we did it. Uh, it it's completely understandable and can be forgiven to let off and show up to games drunk like we seem to be doing Um, and just kind of getting on the beach mentally and just kind of treating it, not really going going as hard as you had to to win and get to the place we are now. Did not expect it to be this dramatic. I mean, we, we did beat Villa. We did beat Brighton. We didn't necessarily have to be great. Uh, over the course of 90 minutes, even for Mm -hmm. 60 minutes, really, to do that. Uh, I mean, the the Brighton match was pretty much won in the first 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. uh, thanks to our pressing. Uh, And the Villa match was just kind of a slog that we definitely gave up the chances. Like, we were just better than them. Uh, You can see why we're the champions in their relegation fodder based on how that match unfolded. Uh, but I mean, we we saw it against City. That one was the most understandable. But really, against Burnley and today against Arsenal, we were looked completely checked out. <laughs> like there were some, just completely like, like you see players of the caliber of Allison and Virgil van, like making errors like they did today. And there's no other conclusion you can draw than we're complete frauds and that we don't deserve this league. Uh, because, you know, they, yeah, clearly yeah. this is what they, they have been <laughs> hiding all along. Fans have been saying for a while. And this lack you know? of skill.
0: Yeah, fans of other teams have been saying for yeah. a while uh, that no, they, uh, it's not real. Like, we don't we don't deserve it. The, the, this year doesn't count because of coronavirus. Like, fans of other teams have been saying that for a while. I think we're starting to see it ourselves.
1: <laughs> yeah, it just took until we actually won the league for our true colors to really come out. And that right. is that we're not very good, clearly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> clearly. No. But it, won,
0: won the league <laughs> faster than anyone else. Any other team has ever won the league. Let's not forget that aspect of it.
1: No, that that's a lie. There's an asterisk, even though the fact <laughs> that the season was broken up with three month longer than any summer break gap in the middle of it, yep. made it more difficult than any other league title win, except for maybe ones that happened during like world wars or something like that. Yeah. Um, or other pandemics, but uh, we just are not switched on. We seem in preseason mode. We seem in, we did this, let's see it out. And it's, it's, it sucks to watch, but it's hard to blame them really in a sense.
0: Well, if you, yeah, no, I, that's a good way of wording it. Um, because this is the biggest, uh, um, what's the term? Getting the, the, monkey off your back or whatever the term is this is the the biggest like burden to for the team to have lifted like any records would be an icing on the cake um sort of situation but if you had to describe um how you're feeling like if you found a, a term for it is there a particular term that stands out in your mind about how you're feeling about the team right now
1: weird i guess i I, like i don't think any of the scenarios that i i played out in my mind of us winning the league it was never as like i don't want to say anticlimactic but as like straightforward as being way better than everyone else and wrapping it up so early that you have this kind of like guard of honor victory parade going on for seven matches And so it's just weird to see us play like this when we're, but also there's nothing to play for really. So it's, you can't really be like, well, we're, (laughs) they're hot on our tail. Now we got, we better shape up or else they're going to catch up. Like, no, no one is going to catch up to us. It doesn't matter if they get even close to us because we've already wrapped it up. Uh, It is weird to see not just like people mentally checked out, but people, we'll just kind of forget to do the basics uh, and like so, some of our passing hasn't been good. Our finishing has been abysmal and it just, I don't know, maybe it's a little, that comes down to lack of focus uh, a little bit or not wanting to push yourself too hard to then get hurt, to then miss part of preseason to then be out of the plans for the next season. But yeah. it's just kind of strange to see us play like this. And it's not like we're super rotating a lot. Mm. I mean, we had, some maybe like bench players play against Burnley. I mean, there was definitely Curtis Jones and Nico Williams, but I mean, a lot of the players that played have played a lot. So it it shouldn't look so disjointed other than the fact that we're cruising and that we're, there's a big uh, switch off going on in the squad. which you can see Klopp is very frustrated about in His quotes, Mm -hmm. his body language, and they were pointing it out on, Ah, uh, the streaming only NBC Sports halftime show today. <laughs> They're like, they've never seen Klopp sit down and just look like not pouty, but just pissed off oh, yeah. in the middle of a half. But he did that today, and you could tell he was just flummoxed.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm frustrated is exactly the term that I would use to describe like myself right now when it comes to all of this. Um, not because like. Like you said, I mean, there's nothing like like, I'm not angry about it. I don't blame the players for saying we just lifted a 30 year curse. (laughs) (laughs) And so we're going to just kind of, you know, be able to relax a little bit like we they did it like they absolutely did. um, You know, the just what's unheard of in sheer and utter dominance for you know, an entire season um, to go ahead and lock things up and secure it with seven games remaining. Um, we haven't seen that sort of thing happen. Obviously, we've never seen that sort of thing happen because it's it, that's the earliest and uh, anyone has ever done it. But we've also haven't seen that thing happen in, you know, in recent years where there's always been some aspect of drama, even if it's like, oh, Liverpool would kind of need a miracle to, you know, catch up with city at the very end uh, you know, and you know, all of that. It still is like an aspect of, of, of drama um, that we didn't have. And so this is mm-hmm. an unprecedentedly impressive season because of that. Um, the only thing that is frustrating to me about it is that what could be more of a victory parade um, becomes um, honestly, just a little unwatchable <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's just not entertaining. Um, and it would not be an issue like if it was. Uh, Curtis Jones and Nico Williams are starting um, a lot. And, you know, we're trying to get them more play time. And we're getting, um, you know, some of our key guys uh, a rest. But as we've noted before, we don't exactly have much depth. So we can't really afford to, to let off. So if the starters are, you know, relaxed and a little bit more lax than they normally would be. I understand it, but it, it it's difficult as a fan to watch at times because you're just sitting there going, this is not Virgil van Dyke. You know, yeah. this is not a Virgil van Dyke does not forget that a player is on his <laughs> shoulder. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, Mind boggling. Well,
1: the controller <laughs> died. And so he was just, Standing there. (laughs) It just a
0: notification just pops up. Virgil has disconnected. Um, you know, like it it's (laughs) that sort of thing. It's just a little frustrating to watch. Um, and that's why I use the term like frustrated in terms of how I feel, because frustration passes by pretty quickly. Like by the time I had left my office and driven home and gotten home and like cracked open an after work beer. It meant nothing to me again. I was like, well, that was annoying and frustrating, but whatever, you know? Yeah. And that's what it comes down to, I guess, is the question of, um, clearly the team was eyeing the prize, like the actual prize, because you could set records all you want, but records aren't exactly actually (laughs) hardware that you get to put in your trophy case. Yeah. Um, So the team was eyeing the prize. And uh after just an incredible run where for almost the entire fall into March, they were just unstoppable. You know, the only lapse in in play really coming once uh it was almost inevitable that the title the Premier League was in you know our grasp. The only lapse of play really coming um against Atletico in the Champions League, um where I think we had said, okay, we won it last year. We really need to exert what energy we have left in uh, the Premier League to seal that. You had the little dip, but did all the work beforehand, making it, as you said, you know, almost an anticlimactic in a good way sort of uh, victory here. So when you look at those missed records, though, do they mean anything to you? The fact that like, the home streak... Wasn't like a totally, you know, winning every home game home streak. The fact that a uh, 100 points won't quite be um, within reach. Does that does that mean anything to you, or or have you come to, you know, like
1: come to just accept it? <laughs> I, I mean, it, it definitely bothers me if that's the right word a little bit, just because I think that means that a lot of other people who are very Short sighted and like tend to just move very quickly from achievement to achievement in the, the public right. sphere. Won't what necessarily be me
0: lately mentality, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. They won't necessarily look back at this Liverpool team and give it the credit it deserves. Probably, I, I, if you look at the record of like the point where they won the title, that should be the achievement, honestly, because that it had never been this dominant before the ty- the winner the champion had never been this dominant before and that's but that's the, that doesn't really make for a clean tweet or a clean article of right from the point when in which they won the title no team had ever led by this many won this many stuff etc etc so that that isn't a really a soundbite so it will probably go overlooked by a lot of people except for liverpool fans i mean we're us as fans we're going to remember this team forever like we're going to give this team the the treatment they deserve in history but uh, it's a shame that they may or may not get the recognition they deserve despite winning the champions league last year despite missing being the best second place ever and then Mm -hmm. taking that into the next season and being utterly dominant uh to the point where the conversation that everyone else in the league except for city is garbage isn't really a thing that applies to us because we would have beaten them anyway. Like it's very clear that no matter who we were playing uh, in the league, we were going to beat them unless we had already wrapped up the title and had mentally checked out. And so that, that is a bit of shame, uh, but it's not the end of the world. Uh, This team is still great, but uh, it's interesting that you brought up the, the kind of the, dip right before lockdown we had turned it around against West Ham and Bournemouth yeah. and it had been a little rocky but that is probably something that is on Klopp's mind and why he's a little bit frustrated because once it did become clear that the league was going to be wrapped up because I think that was kind of around the time where City had dropped a bunch of points as well and we were like 22 23 points clear and it, it, it was certainly when the question officially shifted from when not if That is where we started to see a little bit of the dip, Uh, and yes, we won in regulation against Atletico Madrid at home, and and yes, a lot of that was down to Adrian, but we did go out of the Champions League. We did lose our first game. We did have some shaky performances. We had a huge layoff, came back against Everton. That was just one of the worst games I've ever seen, but that is to be expected at Goodison because that's just what we do under Klopp. I know there was a lot of Tweets and articles around that it was, it's been like nil nil or one nil pretty much every time he's played there. Uh, then the strong performance against Palace and this that's where I know we talked earlier in our pre-recording thread that we didn't we were d- discussing whether or not the if the break the long layoff doesn't happen if this dip doesn't happen and that mm-hmm. is something that you either look at and say the dip didn't the long break didn't really affect us we came back we did exactly what we wanted to do. And we were utterly dominant in that match. And it shows that if we wanted to play like that now, we could absolutely play like that now. Or you say Crystal Palace is garbage. We're very good. (laughs) We put together maybe a good 20 minutes, and that's all we really needed. And then from there on, we still haven't found our rhythm despite winning some of the games. But there is... The let-up has been apparent for... It's been forever in real time, but a couple couple weeks really in season time and and that is something that we will have to kind of iron out because you have to remain in this habit of winning and being at the top and keeping that intensity up because as now that city is back in the champions league and have no restrictions on spending they're coming for us they're absolutely coming. they're gonna inflate the market again and ruin the kind of level set that uh, the COVID situation had brought to the transfer market, so we we cannot afford to be lax and get out of the winning habits that we had set up for ourselves. Because it's hard to stay at the top, harder possibly than getting there.
0: Yep. Yeah, there's there's something that happens when you hit that level of success um, where um, like the competitive spirit carries you to a certain point. Um, and it can carry you straight up to, like, championship success. But once you've accomplished that, it takes something extra and above the competitive spirit to motivate you to keep going. Right. You know, I think we do see that uh, in this team right now where the motivation to maybe chase some records was not that strong to them. Their motivation the whole year was, okay, we know going coming out of the champions league victory over Tottenham and into like the summer, we know this is our year. We've got all the momentum in the world. We are clearly the best team in the world. Um, and like city just did a little bit better than us, whatever. We know that this is our time to seal it. And we did that, you know, that drove (laughs) the team to the level of success they had. Um, And you could see as soon as it happened, okay, Um, like you were saying, you know, when it was starting to become more and more of an inevitability, um, that is when you saw, like, the loss to Watford. That's when you saw the Champions League faltering against Atletico. Uh, That sort of thing started to happen. So you have to think that right now the team is looking for, okay, what is going to be our motivation for next year? Um, Because it takes a uh, it takes a clop level hatred of losing to get get that motivation going. And you look at some of the best competitors, um, you know, of all time, the the perfectionists of a a Michael Jordan, a Kobe Bryant, a Leo Messi, a Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, the perfectionist in them to always want to not just win but hate losing so much that you keep winning. Yeah. Um, We, we see it in Klopp as a manager and you see it with the way he reacted, um, against Burnley. You saw it the way he was acting against Arsenal. Um, so you got to think that right now the team is, is more focused on, okay, the motivation for next year is next year. The year where we say, okay, this is not just a, a one title wonder of a season We're we are the, the dynasty now. Um, it's not the, the city dynasty that had been for the past, the better part of the past decade or so. No, no, no. We're here to stay and we're here to prove a point. Um, Is that more important to them than, you know, possibly have being able to break a hundred points, possibly being able to do certain things this year. You know, I think that that, that probably goes into it a little bit in which they're like, okay, we don't have an off season. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so we need to go ahead and be trying to figure out what our motivation is moving forward. But what do you think about this team moving forward? Um, and knowing that uh, this is, in a sense, this is kind of our preseason. I mean, this is when we would be having preseason tours uh, in different countries. This is when we would be doing that sort of thing. Uh, this is what we've got. And right now, the, the team has, uh, I don't know, some some fatigue, some disjointedness, whatever might be going on with it. Are you you confident that this uh, squad can right the ship when it starts to actually count again? Because that's another thing as well. The teams we're going up against have more to prove, you know, right. than Liverpool does right now. <laughs> so, like, Arsenal and, and, and Burnley were going to try to give it their all, um, and uh, that goes a long way. When it starts counting again for Liverpool, you feel confident that we'll be able to turn it around?
1: I think so. This the squad has shown that they can be those mentality monsters that they kept being referred to last season. That when they absolutely want to, they can put they put their minds to it. They can do pretty much anything. Uh, but now we're kind of seeing the little slip up. It's kind of like when professional athletes retire and then they end up getting like, like punditry jobs. And then after like three months, they get really fat because they can get they can finally eat whatever they want and drink yeah. however much they want. And they just—they've been doing something for so long. That they finally get a little window and just let go completely. I feel like that's what we're going through now. Um, and hopefully, we don't see any of our players get really fat. Uh, but th- I think we're there will be a point where collectively the squad goes, "Okay, now it's time to get back into this again and get back to where we want to be." Hopefully, we're not out of it so long that we have to play catch up and get. To, and it takes a little bit longer than we want. To to get back to that level, but I'm I'm pretty confident that we'll be able to uh, and uh, what I'm less confident about uh, and this can be one of the comments about the actual games is that when we get fouled in the box that we're going to get, get the calls that we need because right. despite playing like hot garbage against Burnley and against Arsenal, we should have had at least three penalties in those games uh, I mean, two versus Burnley and definitely one versus Arsenal. Um, i hate that i mean people wonder why players simulate and exaggerate but you you pretty much saw minamino get punished for trying to stay on his feet there yeah so i'm just really sick of that i'm just glad we had wrapped up the title before that those issues came back to bite us Uh, but yeah very much hoping for that problem to get fixed but that's not really lying within the squad to change
0: No, we have to somehow become united in order to get all the calls in the world. Yeah. Um, That team that can honestly stand on a player's ankle and the player who got stepped on gets the penalty called against them. Yeah. It's impressive. It really is impressive. Yeah, um, just looking at the hard facts of those two matches briefly because we don't necessarily (laughs) want to talk too much about them, uh, partly because they stunk and partly because they don't really mean anything. Uh, But... Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, you and I were talking a bit about this, but the Burnley match is one of those matches where, like, if any number of about three factors were different, Mm -hmm. it's a different match. If we had shot just slightly more accurately, then it's four goals. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, so many shots were just right there, but not quite. If we had shot just a little more accurately, if if Burnley's goalkeeper had not had... Um, just the the match of the season, you yeah. know, which tends to happen. But you know, if he was not entirely on his game, then one of those other shots is going to go in. If the refs had been awake, that's yeah. two penalty calls, you know. But all three of them factored up, and sometimes that just happens in sports, you know. Yeah. And that's that's the downside of it. Sometimes you're just a little bit off. Sometimes your opponent's just a little bit more on. And sometimes the refs are just oblivious. It just so happens we saw three of those in one match. But um, out of those two matches, I mean, what sort of takeaways do you even get from it? Do you feel like the uh, the Arsenal match really should have still been um, a, a victory or or do you feel like because we feel like Burnley should have been a victory? Um, what's your summation of those matches there?
1: I, we at least should have gotten a point out of the Arsenal match, I think. I mean, we gave them two goals, but we had enough chances to definitely level the score, if not win. But we uh, it's another one of those things where our finishing got even less accurate. We were just not as sharp as we needed to be, and we can't seem to hit the target, hit the corners. And we like the one that was cleared off of Bobby, we didn't get the luck there. We didn't get the luck of the bounce, or maybe that, right. that would have gone... That's like a, a bit of just weird fortune that we probably would have gotten earlier in the season, uh, and, and now because that we we're did, playing where we are,
0: that's a great point. We talked about it some. We actually were getting a lot of breaks this year that we didn't normally get, right? Um, and that seems to have rubbed off or worn off at this point.
1: Yeah, and I mean, had we kept Danny Ings, that one the hit for Mina would have been a goal because half of Danny Ings <laughs> almost is what is he league leading now or close to it goal, uh, like, He
0: slipped, I think. He slipped down to uh, about fourth place.
1: Yeah, but half of the goals that got him to fourth place are him closing down opposing keepers and then booting them off of him into the goal. So that's one thing. If we want to improve this team, that's a player we need to find is someone who can do that. Uh, but uh, if we just kind of looked going through the motions a little bit, and we, it was another one of those... Uh, Another match that looked like it was from a different season, which I think we've used to describe a lot of these games after the title win, just because, uh, in the sense that everyone said that Liverpool would be unbearable after they won the title. Yes, we are unbearable to watch because it's just terrible. Uh, so it's it's just, just going bad, through, bad. It's mo- bad football. <laughs> yeah, it's just like they know what they're supposed to do, but they don't. They they're putting in the most amount of effort while also not putting in as much effort as we're, as we're used to the seeing. So it's a weird mix. I'm not trying to like call out their professionalism. I'm just saying like they, they wrapped it up. It's time to think about other things almost think about next season, looking ahead to it really. And so, yeah, I mean, we've got a big match against Chelsea coming up and I know we have been talking about it, but do you, I'll go ahead and turn the question on you. Now that the points record is gone, do you think, it's all about getting as many people as possible medals is it it time to put elliot williams jones playing from the start i don't even think shakiri's made five appearances yet so now that he's fit has hair send him out there
0: i thought the best thing today was when he came subbing in and the broadcaster was like oh blast from the past here (laughs) yeah um i'm trying to remember now i bounced back and forth between peacock and uh, uh sky sports i think peacock had the announcer that said that anyway Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, like, what is, what else is even still, like, attainable, achievable at this point, other than rewarding the players that need to be rewarded for their contributions to the team? It's a team sport, and maybe the the youngsters, um, and Shakiri and all that, you know, maybe they, you know, we're not always, like, active game contributors quite as much, but you don't get match fitness without a lot of training sessions, uh, you don't get... Um, ready to play a match against another team without a whole lot of scrimmages against the other players like practice um like we it's easy to look at what happens in an actual match and kind of think that's it <laughs> you know like uh, a player is only worth something if you know he can do this 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 skill set if he you know is a great uh passer shooter whatever it may be um in other sports like you know if they average certain amount of points per game you know like that's the only thing that matters when it's not like practice players are hugely important um because you have to if you can't practice well you can't play well you know if you're not practicing against good competition then you're not gonna do well when good competition comes uh against you Um, So, yeah, you got to reward those players by giving them the chance to say, all right, yeah, go out there, actually get your appearances, um, you know, qualify for a medal like this is a a full team uh, sport and you are an an essential member of the team. Um, I don't think that since the points uh, record is out that there's really much of a reason to uh, worry or care that much about um, trying to beat Chelsea. And truth be told, we might kind of want to uh, give Chelsea more of an opportunity to try to uh, screw over United some way, yeah. you know, like any chance yeah. we can get to maybe <laughs> maybe mess with United. Now, if we can't have uh, financial fair play actually be a thing, so City's back in, we might as well try to screw over United in the process. You know, so yeah, I mean, I just think it would be a, a good thing to do is make sure that um, those players get to play no matter the circumstance because that's what's left. Give them a chance. Um, and thank them for their service um you know for sure uh so that you know that way in about four years when they're all uh world-breaking superstars they're still hanging around
1: <laughs> when they're all 12 years old right can when they stay up late
0: when they finally hit puberty um then oh. they'll be just absolutely amazing players for us i think it'll be important i think it'll be important I mean what what are your thoughts about the last uh, couple of matches on the year because obviously we get the we're going to have our our trophy raising ceremony against Chelsea but it's not technically the last match of the season. Um, what what should we be doing you think?
1: Um I I've kind of waffled back and forth between what I think will happen after today's match especially cuz on the one hand you think well Klopp needs to send out this team again and help them remember how to play uh, because they, they aren't playing very well. But uh, on the other hand, you need to find ways to, one, play better without Henderson. I know he has been a big yeah. mess. It's not yeah. all down to him, but it's definitely in large part down to him not being out there and doing what he does best and also just bollocking everyone on the team for not playing very well because that that definitely plays a part of him just getting in everybody's ear. And I, I think a lot of people have called out that since there's been no crowd, everyone has noticed just how much he yells at people. And it, it's it's uh, that is one of the, I think I mentioned it earlier on in one of our episodes. But I love hearing about stuff like that. So that that's yeah. great to hear. And we definitely do miss that a lot. Oh yeah. Uh, but we have we have players that we need to bet into the squad a little bit. Uh, bet into the first team. Because we, we've got the three kids that we talked about. We've got Minamino, who is still adjusting to the pace of the league, that we, lest we forget. I mean, the the difference in speed of play between the Austrian league and the Premier League is pretty big. And he's slowly finding his feet. There are definitely times where he, he takes that extra half second of time that you're not really afforded anymore because yeah. someone's trying to break your leg in this league. Uh, so get him more used to playing at the speed because as – We've heard from Klopp many times. Unless we sell people and make money, we're not buying anybody. So we, we, we've got to we've got to figure out how to use subs because that, while we have gotten better at it, there's still a big drop off when we don't have our favorite eleven. Um, and you could see that partially today, but that doesn't really count since we're in a weird state right now. But we've seen it throughout the season that it, it may isn't it isn't as fluid without the eleven players that Klopp puts out whenever he can so this would be a great chance for people to find their roles within the team and develop kind of playing relationships with other players on the team i mean that's how you saw nabby bet in that nabby started picking out salah's runs very well and that helped him integrate into the team a little bit more uh and i mean a bigger reason why he integrated was his legs started to work again but it's right. <laughs> time that would be immensely helpful for us is to get new players coming in and forming, playing relationships with other people on the team because we need it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If we expect players like Minamino to be, you know, important, crucial substitutes next season, um, they've got to have as much time at actual full game speed as we can afford them. Um, absolutely. And, uh, you know, talking about not not buying players and all that, you know, obviously um, the whole uh, Tiago rumors have been uh, all, you know, but officially ruled out. Which, of course, means he'll 100% be on the team. Yeah. Because um, that's how that seems to work. We'll find a way somehow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, exactly what you're talking about. Like, this is, uh, if if this is, in a way, the closest we're going to really get to preseason, then this is also the time in which we need to test our depth um, and, and train those preseason um, bench players a little bit more. Uh, so, last couple of matches coming up ahead. Uh, why don't we go ahead real quick then and uh, you tell us what you expect to see against Chelsea and maybe even do a uh, totally meaningless scoreline prediction. How does that sound?
1: Uh, it sounds pretty great, actually. I'm, I'm looking forward to making those predictions and saying things that will probably be proven wrong day of because who knows what's going to happen, <laughs> right? how we're going to handle this from now on. But uh, I, it. It could honestly end up looking a lot like the FA Cup team that we put out against them which was a kind of a half mix of bench players, some starters and then a lot of youngsters bedded in and, uh, and that would probably be for the best honestly. I think mean, Klopp has shown that when the season when everything is kind of gone he's willing to do whatever. I mean the the year we made it to the Europa League final like Jordan Ive was our the only person mm-hmm. that played like every game at that time. So he definitely knows how to like stop taking it as seriously if he has to, but he'll have to do what he thinks will get the players out of this little dip that we're experiencing. Because like we just mentioned, he's not happy about it and he hates losing, but mm-hmm. I fully expect to see some, some players that we are wanting to see just cause why not? And plus, so there's some, still some players that need those appearances and it would just be nice to go out and see, get excited, even more excited. Like we're excited about winning the league We've mentioned that it feels weird to watch the the performances now, but watching a youth player break through and have another performance, if Curtis Jones goes out there and plays really well again, then that's going to get everybody excited because oh, yeah. we've got so much to look forward to. And then Nico Williams go out getting more minutes under his belt, looking stronger. That would be great, seeing Elliott again, because we, we've heard so much about him. I think Henderson had some quotes about, his development this past week even. So there's a lot to look forward to. And we just we just kind of want to see them because we, yeah. we hear so much about them. They only ever get to play in the Cups uh, and now. And let's let's just see them a little bit more. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking that will actually happen. But then I'm also thinking that will affect our levels a little bit. Uh, I, I'm thinking a 2-2 draw against Chelsea and secret signing Christian Pulisic continues his good form and gets a goal in an assist against us but we also find a way to get past Keppo, which isn't really that hard because he sucks he's so
0: bad uh so expensive so bad um yeah no i'm not yeah i I pretty much would echo anything that you have to say as well i think this is the the time in which um you know we want to uh get the the youth more opportunities because chances are they're going to be uh subbing in a whole lot next season you know chances are we're going to see a lot more curtis jones harvey elliott um in the the main the main team so uh great opportunity for them there um yeah kind of what you're saying this is at this point in time the focus i think is less on uh you know how we how we end the season and more so on we're already gearing up for a title defense Um, So I think it's the the starters are going to try to do their or the main 11 are going to try to do their part to um, stay healthy, prepared and motivated uh, moving into the next year. And everyone's just going to enjoy seeing uh, hobbled uh, (laughs) Hendo lift that trophy up. So uh, it's going to be. It's going to be a a game where we might have some motivation from being able to lift the trophy. We might not. We more than likely won't really care all that much about it. (laughs) Um, and so, uh, I'm going to say a, uh, two, one loss. Sure. That's what I'm going to go with, with the Chelsea. match. Why not? Yeah. Chelsea, I feel like really still wants to make sure they lock down, um, like no question in that, uh, third place spot. Yeah. Um, cause they are mathematically, they're not like locked in place in top four. Are they? They're only about what? No, they could
1: all moment? change. Because all yeah. those teams are wildly inconsistent that, I mean, who knows oh, what could gotcha. happen.
0: That has been so entertaining to me, honestly, yeah. is watching the chaos in a third through seventh spot, uh, place. Or I guess really even third, kind of third through eighth, depending on when Sheffield feels like showing up. Um, right. But, like, that has been the most fascinating thing since the restart. Because, like, our title was inevitable, you know, yeah. Thanos-style. <laughs> but the watching those teams bounce around each other all the time has been incredibly entertaining. I've gotten together with a friend the past two weekends and to just randomly catch a match whenever we're free. Just so happens we caught Southampton and Man City a couple of <laughs> weeks ago. And then we we just caught. Uh, um, oh, gosh. Uh, who beat Leicester? Just the other day. Oh, it was though. Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Yeah, we caught Bournemouth and Leicester on Sunday. So it's just like anytime we get together, apparently it's going to be a a real cracker of an upset, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. I'm, I'm a lot more interested in watching how those matches end up than I am necessarily in watching our team on the pitch right now. (laughs) You can bet I'm going to be standing there, tears in my eyes, celebrating that trophy lift uh, when the time comes. Oh, it is still so sweet in the in the midst of kind of just a oh, lot yeah. of performances of just going oh what are we doing Uh to be able to still say that's eh, all right we get that hardware
1: yeah
0: I, we get the trophy
1: yeah exactly
0: so so good well i think that'll wrap things up here in this episode alex i appreciate it thank you sir
1: thank you for having me
0: um mm, nah i'm not i don't accept those <laughs> things don't accept them
1: Fine, I'll take them back.
0: Yeah, you should. Keep your thanks. All right, that'll wrap things up. I'm your friend, Joseph Craven. That's Alex Level. This has been You'll Never Talk Alone. As always, let's send it over to our dear friend and Premier League champion, Andrew Ainsworth, to sign us out. Andrew? The the silence in this moment alerted me to the fact that there are some crickets outside my house that are incredibly loud like horror movie levels of volume from these bugs I'm kind of scared there must
1: just be a bunch of people saying really bad one-liners around your house
0: <laughs> like that one yeah like that yeah one, Alex?
1: exactly
0: of a stone There's a golden sky And the sweet silver sound Of love
1: Walk on